ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. Max Max Lindquist, how are you? Good. How about yourself, Leonard? I'm doing great. Hey, I want to reach out a special thank you. I know you're a busy guy for taking some time with ATV Talk. Um, You know, you're probably uh, uh, still on cloud nine after the year you've had. Yes, sir. Uh, well, thank you for having me. First off, uh, big deal. Uh, great opportunity here. So thank you very much. And yeah, definitely a year that will uh, never be forgotten and lots of great memories that came with it. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Hey, let's uh, let's go back in time first with, uh, with you. And, you know, not everybody can see what I see right at the moment, but I see this uh, wall full of all these number ones and these trophies. And let's get some background on you, how you got started and how, how long have you been racing the nationals? Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, it's been quite a while. I, uh, you know, just dad loved to ride foilers, grew up. I mean, I was riding a foiler on my own at two years old. I could ride by myself. I had wood blocks on the foiler and I was tooling around the yard. My mother spent lots of hours with me on a foiler. And then when I was four, um, my dad used to always ice race and decided to check out an ice race. Uh, went to two or three of those and I liked them, but it wasn't exactly my thing. Happened to just be coming home from an ice race and passed the motocross track in the wintertime and decided when spring came that we were going to go check it out and did one motocross race. And after that, the rest is kind of history. Um, I fell in love with it. and started off just locally. Um, and by the time I was six, you know, I was racing with all the 10 to 13 year olds and, um, I was doing really well. One was winning most of my races and we decided, um, I would have turned seven that winter. Um, so I, I went to my first national when I was seven years old on a 50 CVT, we decided to go. Um, I had actually have a younger brother that was into racing too. He's 16 months younger than me. So we both were going racing. Um, it was kind of a family deal at that point. Um, my dad was really into it and my mom supported it. And then my, uh, brother was into it as well. So we just decided in 2011 that we were going to go down to Georgia and try out our first national and went down to Georgia and took second at my first national down there. And I ended up second that season and after that season, um, I just, we kind of knew like that was my passion. Everything I did was I loved four-wheelers and I loved riding four-wheelers. I mean, it didn't matter as long as there was a four-wheeler involved, I was having fun. So started off at nationals back when I was, yeah, just seven years old in 2011 and been doing it ever since. So are you still in school? Yes, sir. I mean, I mean, not really anymore. Um, I did school. So this past year, I still stayed in public school. Um, I was in school and what I did was like when I was going for races, I'd come back, make it up, whatever. Um, This year with, you know, our COVID situation um, and being our school, my school right now is online anyways. 
So I switched to an online program um, this year. Um, but otherwise, I've been in a public school elementary through sophomore year, and now I'm a junior and went to a virtual school. And you're 17? Yes, sir. Just turned 17 like two weeks ago. So wow. I was 16 all year. And um, so racing is your life. Is your brother still racing? No, sir. Um, so back in, it would have been 2014 was his last year, I want to say, 20, 2013 or 14. Um, I was on a nine eighty five. 85 and 65 and he was just getting onto the shifter and he had a bad uh, crash at one race and he's a lot bigger than me. And, um, he was really into football and his school sports. And after having that injury, he never was as passionate about it as me. He liked to do it. It was fun. He still will ride a four-wheeler. Um, he just didn't have, he didn't care to go racing every weekend and he wanted to focus more on his high school athletics. And I mean, it ended up working out for the best. He quit after 2014 and now he's 16 months younger than me and 15 years old. And he's six, three and 280 pounds. Like, I mean, he's this big football lineman. So wow. uh, I definitely say it, it's very funny. Cause if, if you'd see me, I'm five, nine and you know, 160 pounds. So we always laugh. He's my little big brother. Um, but yeah, no. So now it is just me racing, but for a while I had my parents very busy there. Um, dad was taking care of both of us racing. So, um, definitely it still is a family thing, but when I was younger, it was, um, we were a very close family. I mean, my brother never missed a race. So very um, go watch family. Him play football. What was that? You go watch him play football. Yes, I actually played football all the way up until this year, so I'd play with them. Um, so that was very cool. Um, being a year apart only, last year as a sophomore, um, like we both got to play varsity football together. He was a freshman and I was a sophomore. So that was really cool to be on the field together and play high school football games together. So are you done with the football career? Yes, sir. This year with um, making the decision to go pro and, um, just with, I mean, sports in general kind of came to a stop this year, uh, just decided it was easiest to just focus on my racing and they kind of contradict themselves when it comes to your training of being big and being little to ride the four So, um, football was, I liked football. I would still play it. It was just not my passion. I mean, if there was you know, if I had to choose between making a football game or going to a race, I'm, I'm going to the race all day long. So it was at the point where I can't let my team down like that and you know, not show up for a varsity football game. I mean, I just can't do that. So yeah. I decided this year that it would be easiest just to stick to my racing. That's awesome. So is, is dad still pretty much taking care of you at the races? Yeah. I mean, he's taken care of me since, I could start riding a four-wheeler and yeah, he'll be my mechanic. And we have some, uh, I have a close family friend, um, that grew up with my dad riding four-wheeler and they've stayed close. Um, and he's came to the races with me since I was a little kid. He used to help my dad with my brother when there's two of us. Um, and he actually just, he's 
a little bit older, he would be, he's just turned 60 or so. So like he's retiring and now he'll come to all the races with us and help out. So yeah, still very family orientated and uh, definitely like it that way. So very cool. Does, does mom get to, does mom still get to travel even though your brother is staying behind for school? Yeah, I actually have two brothers. I have a, I have a younger brother that's five years younger than me as well. Um, but my whole family will either come to the race with me or my parents come with and my brothers stay home with a relative, a grandparent, a set of grandparents. Um, but yeah, I mean, usually for most races, like um, up until this year, um, my one grandmother had only missed three of my national events in nine years. So um, definitely have a whole crew at the racetrack usually. That's so awesome. That is so awesome. That's, that's the one thing about this sport that I've always loved is how much family it is. And not only just your blood family, but the family that you have at the racetrack. Oh, for sure. I mean, just the people that you meet and run into at the races that, I mean, I have a buddy from Texas that I go down by him for Thanksgiving. He comes up here in the spring to go snowboarding. Like just those relationships you build throughout the years um, and the people that basically become family. Oh, it's, it's awesome. I have friends that, that I've been friends with for 30 years and we only see each other at events or occasionally because a, we don't either travel to the races the same anymore, or we're just, you know, 1100 miles apart. If I'm in the area, you know, you stop in and say hi and uh, you, you have a phone call every once in a while, but you, you still, that person needs you. You're there. And it, it's a great thing in our sport. I don't think many other sports have it the same way we do. No, I mean, I just think so many people in our sport, it's a family event, like your whole family goes with. And I think it, I think racing in general is just very family orientated. I mean, you go around the track and that's mostly who's there. I mean, not too many people aren't with their family and you just meet new families that way. And you all kind of mesh together and you, you all have this central, um, you're all, I would like, I don't know how to put that. Like you all have this, um, common goal, common goal. Yeah. Something like that. Thank you. Um, yeah, you're just all there and supporting each other and having a good time doing it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you, you have one family has this, one family has that, and another family has this. You, you you pull all your resources and everybody gets taken care of, you know. I mean, one one rider will need a part, the other night rider will have it. And, and it's just to, you know, take care of each other as you can and and, and move on. It's It's not quite like that in the pro class, but, you know, it, it, we're such a small group. There's still help even when you don't see it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, no one's out there. I mean, really you're not so close in the pro class, but I mean, I would still say like your top guys, you all get along, you know, you're all there to have, it's all, you're all there because you love it and are there to do it. I mean, for some, for some people at the end of the day, yes, it's a job, but at the same time, you're all there because you love the sport and you just want to do it and you're enthused with it. Well, so. it's, it's, it's an amazing sport to be in and, and yeah, there's a few guys making money at it. And, but for the most part, when you go to do it, you're doing it for the love of the sport. You're not doing it because you're making a paycheck. 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. The the only way you're there is you you love it. I mean, I would say any pro out there to be on that gate and the time you put into it and the sacrifices, it's all just because it comes down to how much you love to ride your four wheeler. Exactly. Exactly. I, I'm I'm a huge fan of the sport and that, that's why ATV talk came to be because people like you, myself, and countless others, there's no outlet. Your story is not getting told. And the stories that you're creating with your years in the industry, um, th- those stories don't get out. Your family and your friends know them, but the fans and the people that really want to know, they don't get to hear them. Yeah, no, it's uh, definitely a really cool thing what you're doing here. And it's great to have because, like you said, there are so many people with so many great and cool stories that you probably wouldn't know otherwise. Well, you know, it's a funny little story. It, it all really came to be because I got to tell stories to customers and friends. And, you know, they would always comment, gosh, I wish there was a way to hear those stories from all these other people. And um, I'm very fortunate. I have two daughters that um, one has an advertising agency in Guadalajara. And I probably say this every episode. So uh, people are probably tired of hearing it. But uh, she kind of convinced me to do it. And then my youngest daughter is uh, wants to be a, produ- uh, do, be a production person in, uh, and, and, and produce movies. So she's learning all these things and uh, they're kind of the driving force. My son, Danny, and, and my other son, Daniel, uh, obviously you can tell my wife had three kids and I had two kids. So yep. uh, we, we, we meshed them and, and um, my son, Danny, he lives in Idaho and he, and he has ideas and my son, Daniel has the, actually my son, Daniel is the reason you and I got connected. Okay. From Instagram, he built yep. a template and sent it to you and you responded. Yeah. And, no, and that, that was awesome for me because I didn't know how to do that. Yeah, no, I me neither. I won't lie. So that it was, it was cool. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I really appreciate it because other than that, I don't know how we would have connected because I was struggling to reach people like yourself because I don't know social media. Um, I don't get involved in it that much. My, my daughters and my son does, but, uh, you know, I, I want to talk to you about ATVs. I don't want to push buttons yeah. and watch videos. I want to, I want to talk. So that being said, what, uh, what sparked this year? This year, um, I mean, this year was always a plan. I mean, I guess, are you saying just result wise, like what changed or more of um, just how did I get to where I am this year? I guess. Well, I know you took the, you told me that you took 19 off. Uh, was that injury or just. Uh, no. Um, so my 2018 season. So in 2017, I uh, won the schoolboy senior class on a 250 at 13 years old. And it was a 14 to 17 year old class. And one of my toughest competitors, Bryce Ford, um, had gotten hurt that year and he came back for the 18 season and, um, we battled and I took second to him and he was turning 16 that year. So he moved out and I could not get on a 450 
um, for a whole nother year. I, I would have had to stay on the 250 and I had been on the 250 since the middle of 2016. And uh, just the money, uh, more for the money aspect of it and all the traveling, just uh, to ride the 250 again. Um, most of my competition, not that there wouldn't have been some new up and coming competition had moved out and I'd been on the bikes for a while. So we just decided to uh, take a season off, kind of recoup. And, um, you know, I, I started high school and was playing football. So I played some football and I just rode. Um, I probably rode more that 2019 year than I ever have. I mean, I have a track here at home. So I just got on the 450 a year early and started riding and put the time in. And I luckily at middle of my 2018 year me and Chad Weenan got connected and I got on a Yamaha um at the start of the 2019 season and was riding uh, not as now this year I rode under his tent um I'm I started in 2019 he was helping me well I, even though I wasn't at the races I would go down by Chad and you know we'd work on getting the bike set up for me and just he'd teach me a few things you know we'd ride together I'd see him every once in a while, but I mean, they're gone racing and I was at home. So I'd see him. I probably saw him, you know, five, between five, 10 times in the summer. And then, uh, we decided, I knew that I wanted to go to pro-am right away. Um, a lot of guys, you know, that's kind of one of those hard decisions of where you think you should fit in. And my competitor, Bryce Ford went to pro-am pro-mod or in, it was pro sport at the time and won. And we were close and I decided that, you know what, I want to go pro someday. Like that was kind of a dream since I've been little. And I decided that, um, let's just go to pro-am right away. And I might not win, but I'm not here to win. I want to get better and improve myself. So, um, decided I've never been in Wisconsin. I can't ride in the winter. So I've never had like that winter training or anything. Like usually we go to the first national of the year and it's down South, like Texas or something. And I've rode one or two times over our five, like our five month break because of winter. So usually I'm just knocking the rust off at the first couple rounds. And this year, um, being connected with weaning and stuff, I went down to Florida, um, mid January for three months um, until our first race and got on a diet and just started working out riding and me and Chad rode together, you know, four times a week, usually three, four times a week. And then, um, I stayed down right at Waldo MX in Florida and just trained. Um, and I knew my goals were to come out and be in the top three and shoot for an overall, um, and I knew it was, it wasn't, I knew it was going to be hard, but it wasn't out of the question. So just, you know, put in the time and the effort and the work and, uh, made sure I did everything I could to be prepared. And so pretty much I had the whole 2019 season. And then this past spring, um, all put in for this 2020 season of training just to be ready for pro-am, um, knowing that I wanted to go to pro-am this year and then go pro. Um, was the whole goal behind all that training was to be able to um, just build that stamina and learn as much as I can over this year to be able to go pro for this upcoming 2021 season. So how did your 
2020 season break down for you? Um, well, 2020 was definitely my, my highlight of my career so far. I mean, um, I've had some really great seasons um, since 2011, but this one was definitely the highlight. Um, just going into round one, and I mean, it had been 22 months since I'd raced. I had no clue where I was going to stack up. And uh, I'm one of those people that I like a challenge and I like coming in as the underdog. I like, I just like to, you know, do my own thing and keep quiet and just let my ride and speak for itself. And we went into round one and um, practiced. And I had that feeling where I was like, I think we can do this. Like I, I was like, I put the time in. I, I think I got this one. And that round was by my most memorable round, but um, getting in a tangle up in the first start coming from dead last to second. And then winning the overall was definitely a huge highlight. Um, and then it just snowballed effect from there. Once I got that first win, just the confidence and everything that comes with it. Um, and after that first one, it was like, well, I just want to, I was like, I know I can go faster and I think I can do even better yet. Like it was the start of the season and I knew I could still improve. So having that confidence after round one, going into round two and then swept round two with a one, one. And after that, um, it was pretty much the same thing every weekend, just came in and executed and came out with seven overalls this year i was seven for seven and locked up the pro-am division and then um, jumped in the pro mod at the end of the year and um won that and then uh definitely um learned a lot i rode that pro stock class this year um at the nationals which was a blessing to get to be on the gate with a chad ween and a thomas brown joel hetrick um just all those top guys and see what they do and came out third overall in that, um, in points. So that was a really cool, that was really cool as well. So I'm not really sure which one I'm more proud of to come out in third there to win pro-am. Um, but overall just, I mean, there isn't one, the first race really stands out, but the rest of it just, I'm kind of speechless on it. It was just one of those years that you'll never forget and very thankful for. And it, uh, it was very, at the end of the year, you know, it was just uh, very cool how it worked out. You know, you put all that time and effort in hoping that, you know, you made the right decisions and did the right things. And it was kind of like it all paid off. Um, so definitely uh, looking to do the same thing, you know, um, kind of stick to what I did this year and see how we can do next year coming off this one. So your plan coming into the 2021 20, year is you're going to go train uh, before the year down in Florida again with yep. Chad. Uh, yeah, um, I already have that all set up. I mean, I'll go down the first or second weekend of January here um, and uh, just start come January, get back, you know, full time on my diet. And yeah, me and Chad um, will be teammates again this year and um, hopefully just put in the time and Hopefully uh, it all works out again. So, I mean, this year it's kind of funny because I'm coming off an injury right now. I actually can't ride right now. I uh, 
I, I always say like, it's, it's funny how things work out, you know, um, I've never broken a bone riding a four-wheeler, knock on wood. I've never been hurt riding a four-wheeler. And, uh, we finished out this season at South of the border. I, I never lost a race in the amateur division all year. I had a perfect season and then, um, went to GNCC the weekend after just for fun to try it out. And the bike broke, um, and, uh, came home. So it would have been, I raced the GNCC on Saturday. I was home Sunday. So a week from our last race of the season, I went out just to have, just to check out my racetrack. Like I was going to ride and I was like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to go see. I hadn't been home in a couple of days. So I was like, I'll go see how my track is. Maybe th- I have a water system. I was like, maybe I'll throw it on some water. Went over a jump and dropped a chain on the four wheeler. I wasn't even riding. I just, I rolled over the jump and the chain fell off and I went over the bars, bike landed on top of me and separated my shoulder, tore a muscle on my knee. And, uh, I was really disappointed at the time. That was, I mean, that was only two months ago from this last weekend. Cause I mean, I had a perfect season and then I'm, you know, all excited to go pro and, um, had all these plans, you know, I was going to, I was going to attend the rest of the GNCCs and stay riding and it all, it's, you know, a blink of an eye and everything changes. So I was really upset at first, but you know, I've never been hurt in my career. And with that happening, it kind of just opens your eyes and it's like, makes you really thankful for the season. I thought I was very blessed to have a good year. And then to have that happen, it was like, wow, I uh, definitely had some luck on my side throughout the season because that, I mean, that could have been mid season and it would have been all over. So definitely, uh, puts things into perspective and makes you so much more grateful for having such a great year and just to be able to ride your four-wheeler and stuff like that, you know? So I actually think it was, you never want it to happen, but it was the perfect time for it to happen if it was going to happen. So definitely, uh, definitely made this year, uh, it was a highlight. And at the same time, it was a big eye opener. Well, you, you think your eyes are open now. You just wait till day one on the gate with all those big go, big boys. Uh, oh, I'm sure they'll be wide open. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That'll so be a rush. It's a new world, and um, I think you're going to do great. You seem pretty down to earth, and I think, you're, I think you're emotionally up for the challenge. Just remember, the only guy that can beat you on that line is you. Is yourself? Yep. <laughs> and nobody else. Yes, has sir. To, none of those other guys are faster than you. You know, they have to prove that they're better than you. Uh, and granted, they're all going to be looking at you. Hey, hey, kid, get out of the yep. way. We're, we're seasoned veterans. You you got to wait in line. And it doesn't yep. always work out that way. But, you know, just hold your head up and, and stay focused. I think just a little bit that I've got to know you here, I, I'm impressed with your confidence and the way you carry yourself. Well, thank you. Um, it's much appreciated. That's uh, always been one thing is, you know, just uh, – always look at things the best and just try and keep to yourself and just uh, let your ride and speak for yourself and work hard. And that's what I've always been told is just work, work harder than anyone else. And hopefully it pays off for you. Well, so 
I mean, there is always luck in everything, but oh, yeah. hard, there's no substitute for that, you know, because even if you roll off the track in fourth place, if you know you gave it 110% and you trained and you did everything possible you could, you can live with that fourth. Yes, sir. Yeah, so definitely excited. And I'm, I'm well aware, just even from lining up with those guys in the pro stock class, like it'll definitely be the first race will be a surprise. I don't think it's going to matter how much you train for it. You know, it's, you're not going to be, you're going to be prepared, but you won't be maybe ready. Like it's obviously going to take a round or two, you know, just to get used to it. Um, I think I'm excited for it. I think the speeds are going to be a little different for you at first and and you'll pick up on it pretty quick because I think that you already shown that you're adapt an adaptive rider. So if you've ridden with Chad, you get to see a portion of his speed, but you're not actually seeing race speed. Yeah, no. Um, and that's been a huge help, you know, having him in my corner. I mean, I get to ride with him pretty much every time I ride a four-wheeler. I'm either riding with Chad at his place or, you know, we go to a track and ride together. So you get to see that speed and you also get to see what he does and see why he's so great. And um, that's been a big help. and. You know, I think um, with that, I feel pretty confident going into this year, knowing like we're riding the same stuff. Like it comes down to driver, like, and you just have to figure it out. And all I've noticed from watching the pros is how mentally strong are you? You know, are you going to make that last minute mistake or are you going to, you know, are you going to scrub the speed in the turn or it's all mistakes is really what it seems to come down to. Everyone's so close in speed that, it really comes down to who can physically, who's in the most physically demanding shape and who's mentally the strongest at the end of the day. Well, every sport that you'll ever play. Exactly. The, the mental aspect always comes into play because yep. you, you'll find guys that won't train as hard as you, but their mental toughness brings them to a level that, that you didn't think they could go to because they're mentally strong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely, uh, some of those old Satan's sayings, like it's 80% mental, like, or how, like there's so many different look, people look at it so many different ways, but there definitely is something to say about that is you have to mentally prepare and physically prepare. Like you uh, have to be very mentally strong for that amount of time out there. Vince Lombardi. Yes, sir. Toughness is essential to success. Yeah. That, that statue is about, 10 miles from my house. <laughs> That's awesome. That yeah, is so no, cool. Yeah. So no, you, um, you a Packer fan? Oh, for sure. All there green and gold. That's all, all right. I can remember. I mean, I've been to countless Packer games, so definitely a huge green and gold fan. Um, I was actually just drove by the stadium today. Like I definitely a uh, big Packers fan. So very cool to grow up where I didn't have, you know, see some of that stuff. So I'm a Steeler fan. So a little bit of a rivalry there. Not much, but a little, not much, but a little, at least the last time we played you for anything big, we won. So <laughs> hey, if, if, if it happens the way I think it's going to happen to this year, I don't think you time to stand a chance. I'll give you that one. They're looking good. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it, it, it's a long season and to, and to stay, it's just like in racing to stay perfect that whole time you're and and you weren't perfect the whole time you had your 
first moto was your get it out of the way. Yep. So the rest of it could be perfect, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I don't think you, you're ever perfect. It's how do you deal with adversity? I mean, you're always, I mean, there's so many factors that you could ride perfect, but I mean, in a split second, someone else could take you out. Like it somewhat boils down to luck and you know what you do when you're put in a certain situation. So we'll see. And it's that way in any sport. So just have to be prepared for it. It really is. Hey, let me ask you a question. So if if we we've talked a little bit about racing, we've talked uh, some other things, what are a couple of the things that you do training that puts you physically above your competition? Do you think? Um, I mean, honestly, this year for me, the biggest thing was diet, just watching what I eat and being very, you know, just very aware of what I'm putting into my body and what it does and what it does for you. Um, to be able to, you know, um, have better endurance and just, um, like I do a lot of biking. I'm, I'm, I love the bike, uh, whether it's a mountain bike or road bike, like usually, um, training wise, like when I'm in Florida, say, um, when I go down there and train for three months, like if I'm riding one day, there'll be like one or two days a week where I'll do, you know, a 20 mile bike ride in the morning, 20 to 20 to 30 mile bike ride in the morning. And then, you know, we'll do some motos in the afternoon. Um, but for the most part, it's, you know, I ride today and then I wash my bike and then tomorrow, the next day, you know, you it's all right, I'm going to go do, I'm going to go mountain bike 10, 15 miles in the woods today and then do some sort of like workout, like whether it's a core, whatever, you know, core, legs, arms, like you just, I've, I like to put some variety in it. I don't always do the same thing when it comes to, um, workouts like that. I always change it up, whether it's a circuit or, you know, I go for a run. Um, but yeah, I mean, like when I'm down there, you know, I'm, I might take a rest day, like, I don't know, once a week, I might have a day where it's like, all right, I'm going to work on bikes today and just like catch up on schoolwork, stuff like that, since I'm still in school. But otherwise, I mean, it's just a routine that you get into. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing is just finding what works for you. Um, you know, everyone's different and like, I'm, I'm big into biking and, so like, whether it's, I always like to bike in the evenings, like I like to get my stuff done during the day. And then I go for a bike ride in the evening, um, being hurt. That's been a little different what I can and can't do. So, um, like off season wise, um, has it, kept try and hit weights. has it kept, has it kept you off the road bike? Um, stationary bike I've been doing, um, I'm allowed to stationary bike. It's not the same. And it's a lot more boring. <laughs> I like to be outdoors. I'm a very outdoor person. I like to hunt. I like to do all that outdoor stuff. So, um, that's why biking so big for me. I love to, you know, I live out in the country. So on the outskirts of green Bay. So, you know, I go for a 20 to 40 mile bike ride, depending on the day out in the cornfield and, and the, and the cornfields in the woods. And, um, yeah, it's like, I finally just started biking, three weeks ago, I think I got told I could bike and I got like 
I'm almost at the end of my recovery. Like I meet with my doctor next week, um, you know, to see, like, I think next week we talk about when I can get back to riding. Like it's looking like I'll be riding it in the next month. Um, if I could ride without the snow. Um, but yeah, the injuries definitely, um, dampered on my, um, working out and staying in shape just because I did a knee and a shoulder. So like my knee's good now. So that's why I've been able to bike and I've been able to run. Um, but the shoulder I'm still waiting on. So when I first did it, you know, the first six weeks, um, it wasn't a whole lot of anything cause I couldn't do any sort of workout without straining one or the other. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say I felt like, especially this season, my fitness was at a pretty good level and that more just comes from, you know, again, being with Chad Ween, you know, being a seasoned veteran, you know, he kind of knows, um, what works and what doesn't just from experience. So I'm on, I do his program. Um, just, you know, I, I diet how he does and we do very similar exercises. Um, you know, we'll go biking together sometimes. Like when I'm in Florida, we will do stuff like that. We'll go for pedal bike rides and stuff together, but otherwise, you know, it's, it's what you do and no one else is watching late at night, you know, right before you go to bed, sit down and do an ab workout or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, lately it hasn't been a huge part, um, my workout, but when season, when the January comes, uh, I like to take a little break right now. Usually for the holidays, I'll take a little break, but otherwise it's pretty much from January till September. It's, uh, just getting a routine and wake up and do your routine day in and day out. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome stuff. You know, keeping up with your schoolwork, all the extra extracurricular, you know, working on your bikes and, and, and then training. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, honestly, for me, I like to work on bikes. I like to learn new things. Um, and I don't really have a choice. I mean, when I stay in Florida, my parents, they obviously have a job and can't stay with me all the time. And I'm not an adult yet. So like my grandparents will come and stay with me for two weeks. Um, my mom and dad come down. They'd like, when my grandparents aren't there, they'd come in every other week. They'd stay a week with me. But I mean, when mom and grandma and grandpa are there, there's no one there to work on your bikes. Like if you right. break it, you got to figure it out. So that's the easy part for me. Stick keeping up with the school is the harder part. I, I have a hard time like, Oh man, you know, I got to make time to do school today. But I mean, we just, me and my parents have always had a deal, like got to have the grades to go racing. So that's always been the big motivator for me because I'm not a huge uh, school enthusiast. So for me, it's, you know, you got to have like when I was in middle school or my first two years of high school it was a 3.0 or better. Now, you know, I just like, you know, have a B or better or a C or a C or better, you know, depending on the class, but, um, just to make sure, you know, I'm still learning and get that diploma, but yeah, it's, it's a lot on when I'm down there, those three months before the season are definitely the hardest three months. And then once the season starts, then the fun really starts because you're back to racing. It's always fun to go racing. Just, yep. just make sure that 
when you're when you're doing your schooling, there are things that you think you don't need. Uh, and I and I'll attest to the fact that my father told me, you boy, you better pay attention because you're gonna need that when you get older. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wish I would have paid attention in my English class a little better. I wish I would have paid attention to the math teacher or the math assignments because all of that math and all of the, that English and what you want to do, it, it realistically comes into play because you need the math to calculate fuel mileage and to calculate gearing and to calculate what you're doing on some of the other portions of your machine. You need the English to write resumes to uh, send emails to your sponsors so that you spell words correctly. And, um, you know, a lot of that stuff. Yeah. No, even like my parents always up until they made me take Spanish, like Spanish was a big thing, um, that I've done. Like I, I took Spanish all the way up until this year. And that was only cause I, I finished our normal high school Spanish ahead of time. So like I took our regular high school Spanish class. Um, I'm not very great at it, but I took it just so, you know, depending on where you are, um, you always can somewhat understand what's going on. And, um, yeah, I mean, I won't lie. I'm, I'm not great. I'm not great about it either. I mean, school sometimes, you know, it's like, Oh, I, I like this, you know, I'll learn it. And other things are like, you know, like I really, do I really want to take the time to learn this? But you know, you eventually do. I mean, my, do it, my, get wife, through it. my wife's from Guadalajara. Okay. And, um, she speaks to me in Spanish a lot, and I know no Spanish. Yep. Fortunately for me, I understand her. Um, a lot of people think that's weird, but it's just one of those things we connected, and I understand her when she speaks Spanish or, or Spanglish to me. It, it doesn't matter. I just understand her. And uh, uh, my daughters both are fluent in English. Um, one lives here. The other one lives in, in uh, Guadalajara and they, they both use the language back and forth, English and Spanish really good. Uh, same with my son, Daniel. Uh, so I'm immersed in it. I just can't get it out of my mouth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know a, I can understand a lot of things, but when it comes to getting it to come out, roll off your tongue. Yeah. Yep. That's the hardest part. I know I, I was, I'm not great at it either, but I can at least understand it if I need to in a pinch, but the response isn't so great. Yeah. I went down to Dakar and worked with a, a team from uh, Argentina and okay. they spoke nothing but Spanish. Yep. We worked the deal out over emails. Yeah. We're all in English. It translate. Yeah. It translated for me and I didn't, I didn't know that they didn't speak English. They didn't know that I didn't speak Spanish. Nobody ever asked. Yeah. Oh. It all works out. Trust me. When you're, when you're working on motorcycles or ATVs or doing something that you really are passionate about, it doesn't matter what language you speak. Everybody gets it. Yep. So that's pretty awesome. Oh, for sure. It uh, definitely is. So that'll be interesting. I, I know I've, that'll be an interesting factor to this year's, um, you know, most guys are, most people are, aren't in their teenage years when they're going pro. So I'm a very young pro. So to stay on top of school and training and all that will be interesting. Um, to yeah, see how it goes. That's, that is something that, that, um, being for the years that I've, I've been around, uh, 
there are not many guys that are able to um, move into the pro class at your age. Um, you seem very seasoned. Um, make sure that you crawl before you walk and walk before you run. Um, I knew, I think that by the grin on your face, you understand what I'm talking about. Um, the, the, the pro class is a different animal. And when I, when I explain it to other riders, other amateurs, uh, or, or when you have to talk to parents about, you know, what it really is like, um, most people don't really understand until the gate drops. Um, you've been exposed in little bits and pieces over the last year with some of it. Um, so just, just remember you have a long career. Look at Chad, you know, and if you, and if you look at the history of ATV racing and you look back at the champions and their ages, they're um, older. <laughs> exactly. There's a reason for that. Yeah. You mature. <laughs> it takes time to, it takes time to learn how to ride a quad. It takes time to learn how to understand what it takes to ride the machine. Um, you could be a, an early learner, Jeremiah Jones. He was young. Uh, unfortunately, his career was cut short, but uh, he was phenomenal for a young guy. Um, there's a couple of young guys out here on the West Coast that are doing pretty well. But for the most part, the number one guy is usually the older guy. Yep. Don't let that deter you. You no, can, sir. You can trust me. You. Chad knows we laugh all the time. We have a fun time um, just with the competitiveness in us. Have you asked him yet? Hey, boss, what are you going to do when I'm beating you? <sighs> he tells me it isn't happening until until after he retires. But I mean, he knows my my goal is just to beat him every day. Practice. It doesn't matter where we are. The goal is to beat them. So we've definitely have had some jokes and laughs about it, but uh, we'll see what happens when the gate drops. So, well, that's that's awesome that you're keeping. You, you know, you're going to raise the bar for yourself, and it's great that you have a measuring stick. And he is quite the measuring stick. Yeah, yeah for sure. And I mean, just even over this year, I definitely think um, we're just very similar, and it, I think it's helped the both of us. I mean we give each other someone to ride with and we both give each other someone to push with. You know, he gives me, we do a 20 minute moto. He gives me 10 seconds and it's, you better not let me pass you by the end of the moto. And well, usually the 18 minute mark rolls around and he's knocking on the back door and I either a get put off the track or I make a mistake or he somehow passes me. Usually I end up off the track or making a mistake. So it's what it comes down to. So Definitely. Uh, I, I know what you're talking about. It'll be, it'll be interesting, but, uh, I definitely think all that practice will, uh, come in handy. Can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. What do you think the reason for you ending up off the track is? Me? I leave the door open, take stupid lines. Just, it all depends. Uh, um, you know, they, uh, it's a different, they're at a different level, you know, they pass very different, you know, in the amateur levels, you know, there's an inside outside. I'm just going to make the outside faster. You're going to make the inside at the pro level, you know, um, they might put a tire on you and move you over. And 
got to deal with it. You know, that happens every once in a while. Um, but I just think for the most part, you know, it's not letting that pressure get to you and worry about them. That's what I've noticed. And we've really worked on is, you know, we, me and Chad first started riding together. When he get close to you, it was like, you know, where's he at? Where's he going? Like, instead of just like what he's taught me is you never see Chad turn his head around or wonder where you're at. Like, you know, you just take your lines and worry about where you're going and protecting your insides. And um, that's definitely been something that I've had to work on is, and which helped me in my pro career was just working on not being worried about that guy behind you. Because usually if you're worried about that guy behind you, you're not worried about what's in front of you and you make a mistake. So uh, that's been the biggest thing for me is just worrying about myself. Like you said, the only guy on that gate that, can beat you as yourself is what it all comes down to is mentally beating yourself. And, and one of the key things that, that you're, you're dancing around the answer, but you have to focus on you. Yeah. I don't care who's behind you. If they're behind you, they're behind you. Exactly. There's no need to even think about that guy until he either puts the wheel in or passes you. Yep. You have to make them earn every line every time somebody goes by you they have to earn that and you know that's the where the you have to force them to respect you enough not to let them by and i think that when you're playing with chad he's in your head oh a little bit of course getting um hey and exactly that's and that's been the biggest thing you know is um i've learned a lot throughout the year. And that's been the biggest thing riding with him from the start of the year to the end of the year is when I don't worry about him and you just ride your own lines, it works out really, it works out really good. If you worry about him and you know, you make that mistake and you kick yourself every time for doing it. And, um, it definitely, uh, it's definitely been paying off, you know, just working with them and figuring all those things out early. I mean, I think a lot of people, don't figure it out until you're in the pro class and realize it. And he's helped me start to realize it sooner. And obviously, you know, I'm a rookie and not perfect yet and have to still prove myself. So we'll see. Um, But I feel good about it and pretty confident about it. Um, Just knowing that all I have to do is go out there and ride my race. Well, I think you're mature beyond your years. Uh, And I think having that time with Chad, it's pretty awesome. It's preparing you. It's preparing you to do battle. And, and as a seasoned pro that he is, he's teaching you a lot, but he ain't teaching you everything. Just remember that there are lessons as a young man that you'll need to learn as you come up. And uh, some of it you'll go, I remember, I remember this, you know, but it, but it has to be at the right time at the right, right place for you to grasp the lesson and, and, and realize what exactly he was trying to tell you. Yeah, no, uh, for sure. I mean, I can give an example. I kind of learned that this year, just with the whole not worrying about him. I mean, we talk about it all the time and, you know, one day it was, all right, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give you 20 seconds and I shouldn't catch you, but he's like, if you think, if you worry about me, like I'm going to catch you. And, you know, I just rode and rode and it was the first time 
I've ever finished out front of them was at the end of this year. Usually I always, I always make that mistake and blow it. And it was the first time that I actually finished ahead of him and he didn't catch me in that 20, in that 20 minute moto. And, uh, that was a big eye opener. Like, you know, it, it took me all year to figure it out, but you know, it was, it was going into like our second to last round of the year, our last round of the year. And, um, you know, it just finally happened. It was like, I didn't worry about them. Like what happened was there was other people on the track too. So, you know, you're riding and you're going around people and, um, you know, all of a sudden it was like, Oh, 25 minutes, we're done. Like, where's Chad, you know, like usually uh, this doesn't happen. So yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely know that I'm in for a rude awakening, but at the same time, I'm, I feel like I've got some good experience and I've learned some good lessons and, you know, there's definitely going to be more to come, but, uh, hopefully just, uh, catch on to them a little quicker, um, than most. Well, that's awesome. It sounds to me like you're going to have something for those guys. You know, Joel's not going to be easy. Oh no, none of them are. Um, you know, they're all fast and you're all so close, but, uh, just think coming in, prepared and worried about myself and you know you just see where the cards fall and see what happens that's awesome have you ridden any other machines besides the yamaha or has it just been the yamaha so um i was on like my 250s were the um suzuki hybrids so it was the ltr 450 chassis um from walsh with the uh crf 250 engines in them and um, so I rode the Suzuki and I've rode, I've ridden a Honda, never ridden a fully built race Honda. Um, I've had a KTM. I actually had a KTM at home that I've ridden. So I've had, I've been on quite a few machines. I think the only ones that I've never ridden are like a Kawasaki and, and I want to think I did, I've ridden a KTM Suzuki. Yeah. It's pretty much just a Kawasaki. So I've kind of had a taste of them all. And, uh, the Yamaha just worked out best for me, especially being with Chad. Um, it wasn't, I mean, I won't lie. It wasn't easy by any means to switch to it after being on the Suzuki. Um, it was a totally different riding style, just how you ride the machine, the power band. Um, yeah, I mean, it took me probably, you know, I mean, it took me a good month to get used to it. And then, I mean, it probably took me a whole three months to get it where I like to get it race ready, like where I was super comfy and felt very confident in it. Not that there was anything wrong with it. It was just, I had ridden the Suzuki for three, almost four years. So you just get so used to that machine and you just know, like, how it reacts to all this, all these different, um, soils and just braking bumps and all this different stuff. So, I mean, this year is the first year racing a Yamaha for me. So luckily I had the whole 2019 year to get used to it. And that was a big help, I would say, because I don't think it matters what bike you go from. I mean, like Joel going from Honda to Yamaha, I, I mean, I think all it comes down to is you just got to have that seat time. I mean, I don't think there's anything that replaces it. And I, I mean, obviously I'm a huge Yamaha fan. Um, 
I mean, I definitely say if you want to get a quad, go buy a Yamaha. But I think you just have to be comfy. Doesn't really matter what you ride. Um, just got to make it yours and get yourself comfy and be in t- in sync with it is the biggest thing. That's true. That's so true. You know, I did you ever have you ever got to ride any of the old two fifty R stuff? Yeah, actually, I have one sitting in the garage. I rode it at the last race this year at South of the Border. Um, my dad, it's my dad's quad. It's a 1986 250R. Um, so that one doesn't get taken out of the garage very often. Like this, that was the only time I rode his quad this year. It's more of a sits there and looks pretty kind of quad than it is I go and beat on it because. Well, I think the last time I rode it, I cracked the frame in one spot and yeah, just, you know, they're not, maybe not as sturdy as our foilers today, but definitely a blast to have a fun time you got, on. You got to figure it's 37 years old, bud. Well, the foilers a lot older than me. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, in its day, it was really sturdy. Oh, I'm sure it was, but 30, 30 some years of beating on it, uh, I'm sure will do some damage but then you take this young strong kid out there and and and, and you're probably doing things to it that it doesn't really want to do no and it's it was i took um it's pretty much bone stock like it is almost uh off the showroom floor 250r so i mean some wheels and tires on it and that was about it so i went out and just uh i gave it everything i had but i don't think it liked it at all it was (laughs) but it was a blast that's awesome. I'm glad that I'm glad that you got to ride a little bit of heritage, you know, and a little bit of uh, a little bit of the past, because uh, I think that you, you young guys miss out on or have missed out on some pretty amazing portions of our of our industry. Oh, I definitely agree. I mean, I won't lie. I, I love the two strokes. I mean, I, I'm the first of that. I've probably watched most of the old races that you can. Um, especially all the early 2000s races. That's something I like to do, you know. Hey, it's 9 o'clock at night and I can't sleep. Let's, you know, open up the laptop and watch some racing. But, uh, no, definitely uh, a totally different era and uh, machine. So it definitely is uh, – it's fun to mix it up. That's I always like to take it out, and it's something totally different. You just – you know, there's nothing else like it to ride. I mean, the four-stroke, there's they're not comparable. No, not even. So do you know how far back our history goes? That is a great question. Um, I know we're back into the eighties at least. Um, Come on, bud. You're, you're like way off. I was going to say, I know I'm way off. That's the earliest I've like, you know, looked at any results from or something. I want to say, is it night in 19, late 1950s early 1960s is that where we're at no you're a little little too old but but a little too old dang it the first three-wheeler came to the united states in 1969 okay so your homework (laughs) listen to episode three listen to episode three okay well that would uh, be why i wouldn't know because i haven't got to that one yet i uh I won't lie until you uh, reached out to me. I really hadn't listened to too many because you're pretty new to this whole podcast. Yes. Um, Yeah, no, I, I listened to your 
what would have been last week's new episode and then the one with Cody Jansen and um, one other one I got partway through. Um, but I haven't got the chance to go back um, and listen to all of them. So I'll definitely have to, if, if we got some history involved, I'm definitely in if it's ATV motocross or anything related to four wheelers, I'm in for some history. Well, in 1969, my dad went to the Honda intro because he worked for a Honda dealer. They started hopping this big wheeled four stroke 90 CC three wheeler up. And one of the sales guys would ride wheelies up and down the sidewalk out in front of the dealership. And they were building performance parts for it probably before 70. Okay. So my dad was the guy that was doing the performance work. Okay. I know, I know you Duncan racing, how it goes back. I know you're a very, um, you're a very old company, I guess is how you'd put it. You've been in the, you've been in the works for a long time. We're, we're, we're heading towards 50 years. That's what it is. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You've, uh, your family's had quite a impact on the racing then. Um, yeah. I mean, I'd like to think so. I mean, I don't ever want to, I don't ever want to say that, you know, we, we're just guys that do what we do and, and, uh, we love the sport and, um, I, I really, I, I really have spent my last 30 years devoting my life to the racing portion of it. Granted, you have to go and work and do the normal, you know, nine to five or whatever it is. It's never nine to five in our world, but um, you go and work on the customer's machines that are going to the sand dunes or going to go ride in the trails or whatever it is. And, and trust me, working on ATVs is, is a lot of fun for me, no matter what. I love to do it. And, and I love my job, but racing is my passion. Not, I, I, I don't want to, I'm not your caliber. I don't think I ever was your caliber. I got to race a little bit of pro desert stuff and, and I won an amateur national title for myself, you know, when I was 39, yep. <laughs> it took a while, <laughs> but um, yeah, we've been around a little bit. So if you want to, prolong your career um keep the keep the positive attitude uh keep an open mind because things change all the time and you have to be ready for them um you know and and remember why you do this because at the end of the day atv racing in the big in the big spectrum of life is pretty insignificant you know i know that hurts to say and it hurts to hear it it's the truth though it kind of is, you know, because when you're done racing, you got to go get a job. You got to get back to normal life. And, and for some people it's a shock and, um, you seem really grounded and it's, you probably have avenues where you live that, you know, you know, you may be thinking, okay, I can do that or I can do this or, um, no, um, I mean, that's been a bit for us is just, you know, um, finishing high school obviously and then having that backup plan i mean uh, unfortunately you can't ride a four-wheeler forever um so like i mean i could my dad owns a plumbing and heating business here in green bay i can do i could take that over um work for him if i'd want um i'm not exactly into that uh you know i love you know i like to go play on the machine and build a racetrack i might do something with in excavating or something like that um I love engines. I like to work with stuff. So, you know, 
definitely uh, keeping my options open there, but thank you at the same time. I totally agree. It can't be praised enough about, I think there's a lot of people that that's the only hard thing about stepping away is figuring out what to do afterwards. Well, this is the first year in 30 years that I haven't traveled. And um, wow. Um, the normal life is, is kind of cool. Um, do I miss the races? Oh, immensely. Yes. Uh, but I really like waking up on a Saturday morning and being home with my wife. Um, that that's, or a Sunday morning, you know, that's, uh, that's something that's new to me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I bet the, you know, being in it for so long, there aren't many weekends that there isn't a race to go to. Well, the way I did it is, is, you know, you work your Monday through Friday, then Saturday, Sunday, you're prepping or you're gone, you know, and, and the way the series is, you know, you're a desert, you have a desert series, you have an off-road series and there's four to six races in your desert series. And there's, you know, eight to 10 in your off-road series. And then they're, they're throwing in a race here or there that you want to do because it's, you know, uh, an epic, cool, fun thing to go do, but it's not on the schedule. So, you know, when they do that to you, you, (laughs) what guys, I I wasn't ready for that race, (laughs) you know, so you got to throw the bike together, get it ready. And, and, you know, but it's a lot of fun, you know, And, and the passion, I can tell you this, the passion doesn't go away unless you want it to. I, I couldn't believe you there. I can see that being the hardest part about stepping away. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't ever want to step away. I want to retire doing this and, and uh, not necessarily doing ATV talk, but, but I want to yeah. retire from the ATV business as, as that my, as my job. Um, and trust me, I hope I'm around another 20 years. I want to see, For sure. I want to see your career when you're, 37 years old and you've won multiple titles and we're, we're having a conversation about it. Do you remember when you were a kid? That's, that, that's dude, that's what you can, that's all you can hope for. And, uh, you know, keep, keep the positive attitude, keep doing what you're doing. Keep listening to Chad because he is a smart guy. He's learned a lot. He's had a bumpy road. And, and yeah, I, uh, yeah, I guess that's always been his biggest thing with me is uh, he always likes to tell me, you know, learn from my mistakes. Um, and I would say there's certain ones that I can and there's certain ones that, you know, I'll probably do the same thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely uh, being able to have just any pros that you can look up to and see what they did and um, even yourself, you're talking to me, um, you know, you can always learn something, um, and always benefit yourself. Well, here's, here's the coolest part about what we're talking about. You can learn just as much from an amateur or a slower guy as you can the pro. It's always best to watch some of your pros to, you know, maybe this line or maybe that line, but I've been to races where the pros aren't jumping a big jump and you got three amateurs that are killing this thing. And the pros are all lined up there watching going, how are they fucking doing it? Same bikes, you know, or or, or different bikes, different machines or, and, and, you know, this guy's, there's a C class guy doing it and and there's a couple B guys doing it and one A guy doing it and not one pro. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and, and they're, and they're all scratching there. They're all running over there watching these guys to figure out what line or how they're, how they're hitting that jump to, to clear it. And, uh, you know, I was talking to Bo Barron, a works champion and, and he was telling me about, you know, having to follow an amateur over a jump because he couldn't figure it out. <laughs> yeah. And that's just funny. Cause when you're an amateur, you know, sometimes, um, like I've learned this year, you know, like take a sight lap, you know, take it easy, check it out. And I think that's funny cause that it does happen quite often. And sometimes it's, man, you know, the pros are going, how do they do that? And other times it's, you know, like me and Chad will go to track and practice and here I go. And, Oh, there's this hundred, 120 foot triple. Let's just jump that. And, you know, real harsh landing or something. And you watch all the pros and they don't jump it. And when you're young and you're thinking, Oh, this is so cool. You know, I'm jumping this jump. No one else is doing it. And then you find out, yeah, we're not doing it because well, your rear shocks blown out here and we're finishing the race and right. you know, all that stuff that you get to learn, you know, when to go and when not to, I guess. You save that, that move for the last lap to pass somebody after the moto's almost all over. Uh, something like that. I mean, that, those are the tricks that you learn as you get older and uh, you'll find that uh, the diet that, that Chad has you working with and some of the training that you already enjoy doing that, that cycling is going to take you a long way. Yeah, hopefully I've uh, definitely, it's been a big help. I'd say that's probably the biggest thing in my training program that I think has helped me just cardiovascular wise cause you're sustaining it for so long. Um, and yeah, I mean, I definitely say that's one of the biggest, um, benefits like that I've picked up on. Cause I never had a road bike until this year. I finally was like, I was, you know, Chad's like, you should get a road bike. Like that's a great, you know, workout exercise doing. Okay. You know, I get it. And I was kind of worried to like, I don't know if I'm going to like this, you know, like, I, you know, what's, what's biking going to do for me that much. And all of a sudden you get it and you're like, Holy crap. Like, there's a lot that you can uh, learn and that you can improve yourself on with this thing. You blow your lungs up on a bicycle and you get them bigger. It, if it helps every portion of your life, in my opinion, um, when I get to cycle more, my body doesn't hurt as bad. My lungs are better. Uh, my stamina for work, everything in my life improves. And, and I, I believe it, 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 it's, it, it, the air and the expanding of your lungs is, is so much better for you. Granted, I wish I could eat a little better, but you know what? I'm 54 years old and I've been eating bad my whole life and I'm probably going to continue it. <laughs> yeah. I won't lie. That's the only thing that, you know, like off season now, um, I, you know, I was 16 this year and the diet we're on was a really strict diet. And, um, that was one thing that I got told was, you know, Chad's 37 and was competing for the pro championship. And I was 16 and had my pro-am championship wrapped up. And it was like, you know, like you got to remember it sometimes to still enjoy it. Like be a kid, you know, like you, you want to have some, you want to have that treat, you know, go ahead, you know, once or once in a great while. So, um, I've definitely, um, learned, you know, too, you can't burn yourself out doing it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I won't lie like this off season, you know, we just had Thanksgiving. I, I definitely ate, I definitely ate well at Thanksgiving. So 
we laughed about that. I went down and saw Chad. Uh, what was it like two days after Thanksgiving or a day after Thanksgiving? And uh, he laughed. He's like, so how was your Thanksgiving? And I was like, oh, it was great. I ate so well. And um, it was just funny because, you know, he's like, yep. He goes, the wonders of being young and not feeling the effects of it. You know, all that different food stuff. Well, but, yeah. I mean, you you are so blessed with youth, but you make sure you bank these knowledge, this, this, this knowledge that you're getting as you get older, you know, cause you'll, you'll be fine till you get to 22, 23, 24, maybe into 25. And then you'll notice a difference. Then yeah. 25 to 30 and you notice another difference. Then you get to 35 and you're like, well, oh, it changes again. And then from yep. 35 to 40, you're like, Whoa, my whole world changed. Uh-huh. And then you'll be retired and you'll get to 50 and you'll be like, what happened? You know, that's what I keep getting told. It flies by. So, but yeah, no, uh, definitely, uh, interesting. And we always talk about that just because he's so much older than me. And that's one of the things we always joke about is, um, like this year, me getting into the pro class. One thing that we just laughed about the other day when I was down there was he's, Cause I told him, I was like, I'm coming for you. And he's like, Oh yeah. He's like, but I got all that experience. And I was like, yep. And I got that nice young youth to keep me fresh. And we just laugh um, because it is, it, it's, it's crazy. You grow up watching these guys and you end up racing them and it's super cool. You know, you grow up looking at them like they're stars and, you know, wanted to do that someday. And now all of a sudden you're racing your idol. So yeah, uh, very cool. It's so incredible. It is incredible. It's so awesome. Uh, I I really enjoy your passion and, and I hope that you will save a slot for me uh, sometime during the season next year, come back and talk to me and tell me how it's going. Um, Because I want to, I want to, you know, an update from you uh, so that I can get that rookie. Wow. Look on your face and and know what it's like. (laughs) For sure. Uh, sign me up, put it on the calendar. We'll make it happen. Cause, uh, definitely, um, we'll come back and, uh, had a great time here. You know, uh, thank you very much. Uh, it's, uh, been very fun and yeah, I definitely come back and I'll let you know what happens there at the first couple of rounds, see if it's, uh, what I'm expecting or a totally different world. Well, if you ever have any questions, uh, you know, I, I know you have a great support system, but if you ever have any questions, you have my number, you reach out and ask, I'll help you any way I can. Uh, you know, I, I, I've been allowing a lot of dirt roads and, uh, have a little bit of advice and a little bit of knowledge and I'll be more than welcome to share it. So don't ever hesitate to reach out. And we touched on something and I want to emphasize it for you, for your whole career, as you create memories and as you win races and championships celebrate them all maybe you only celebrate for that afternoon or maybe you celebrate for the next night uh, but always celebrate them because the biggest mistake i made in my career as a, as a race mechanic is never celebrating the victories and always putting my head down and going back to work uh, getting ready for the next year, getting ready for the next event. And, and I look back on it and we never celebrated them. And I want, I want you in your career to make a promise to yourself to celebrate the good times, because if you're fortunate, you'll have a lot of them. If you're not as fortunate as some, 
they're, they're, they're usually years apart. And there's a lot of guys out there that have raced a lot of years and never got the gold, you know? So when you get a hold of that gold chalice and you're excited that day, celebrate that day because for that day you are the man. And, and I don't want you to miss that opportunity. Well, thank you. It'll uh, definitely be uh, something that I'll have to keep in mind and remember and uh, hopefully look forward to doing. Um, so thank you very much. I'll uh, definitely keep that advice in the back of the head. Um, hopefully it comes in useful someday. Make sure you tell Chad to reach out to me. For sure. I'm sure he won't mind at all. He's been pretty busy and, and, uh, he's been, uh, taking care of some things. I know he's got some things going on in his life, obviously getting ready for the season, but, but regular life takes a hold when you spend so much time racing and, and, uh, I, I probably haven't talked to him. <sighs> we said hi to each other at a motocross race in California, uh, a motorcycle race, um, at Elsinore at the Elsinore uh, motocross park. I can't even remember how many years ago it's, it's probably been eight. I was going to say the nationals haven't been out there since I started any racing. The motorcycle race. This wasn't even a motorcycle race. Yeah. So it's probably been a while. I'm sure. Yeah. So, um, good luck next year and good luck in your recovery. Um, you can tell you can tell your parents from me that they have raised a pretty fine young man, and I'm pretty impressed with with you. And I think that uh, I think you're going to go far in the sport. Well, thank you, sir. It's uh, much appreciated, and uh, hopefully uh, we can hopefully I can do something, and we can come back here and uh, talk about it in years to come. I'm I'm going to be here, so let's do this. Um, it was a pleasure meeting you, and thank you again for coming on ATV Talk. And know that I'm going to be reaching out to you and uh, you do the same and uh, let's go win some championships. Uh, sounds perfect to me. Thank you. Um, ATV Talk, uh, it's uh, been a great honor and a great pleasure to get to come and talk to you and meet you. Um, so thank you very much and uh, looking forward to what comes next. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking after your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolutions.org or call for an appointment, 858-571-0160. More than 33 years in the industries building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.